Well, today is the second Sunday of Advent. Um, if that means absolutely nothing to you, that's absolutely forgivable. More on that later. But if you've been following the Advent devotional that we've uh, recommended uh, people use this Advent, then you've spent the last week in the first few verses of Hebrews. And we thought that was as good a place as any to remain this morning. So if you have a Bible, do open up to Hebrews chapter 1. And I'm going to read just the first three verses. In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom also he made the universe. The son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. Uh, Do keep that open as we come to have a look at it. It will be really helpful to you. But let's pray before we do so. Heavenly Father, thank you that you are a speaking God. Thank you that you speak to us through your word. And we pray that as we come to look at it this morning, you would be speaking to us, uh, helping us to love you more and to live for you. Amen. Well, I wonder if you've become a whole lot more interested in press conferences recently. I think there have been some press press conferences that have been as eagerly anticipated as the latest Hollywood blockbusters. And it's understandable, isn't it? We're eager to hear what Boris Johnson has to say to us because we want to know, uh, will we be in lockdown? Won't we be in lockdown? What tier are we going to be in? Who can we have for dinner? Uh, Who can we spend Christmas with? Those in power speak and we listen because what they have to say affects us. Our passage today tells us that there is someone who is in a position of power that far, far exceeds Boris Johnson's, and he also speaks to us. Have a look back down at verse 1. In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. God speaks. He is not a far-off, distant God. He has things to say to us, and he's spoken to us in lots of different ways. In the Old Testament, uh, in Old Testament times, he spoke through all sorts of things, uh, through burning bushes and angels, even uh, disembodied hands writing on walls and a, a speaking donkey, but primarily through his prophets. They were like his press secretaries, his spokespeople, intermediaries between God and his people. And though the people didn't always listen, they would have done well to, because what God had to say concerned them intimately. More recently, though, God has spoken to us through a new and better means of communication. Have a look uh, back down at verse 2. But in these last days, God has spoken to us by his Son. God has spoken by his Son, In the coming weeks, we'll be looking forward to and celebrating Christmas, remembering Jesus' birth. And we see from these verses that Jesus came for a reason. God wanted to communicate with us. He wanted to speak to us through his Son. If you want to hear what the God of the universe has to say, listen to his Son. But why listen to him? Even if we accept that God speaks to us through the Son, 
why listen to what he has to say? There are a whole bunch of people with a whole lot to say who I don't really feel the need to listen to. All I need to do to, is to, to log into Twitter to know that that's the case. Why listen to Jesus, even if he has something to say to us? Well, I think these verses give us at least two reasons. We should listen to Jesus because of who he is and because of what he's done. Let's think first about who he is. Listen to Jesus because of who he is. One of my favorite television shows is, is The West Wing, which does age me somewhat because it's been off the air for 14 years, but it's set in a fictional White House. Uh, and my favorite character is C.J. Craig, who is the press secretary. Uh, she holds regular press briefings, and the press listen to her because she is the spokesperson of the administration. She speaks on behalf of the president and the senior staff. But just occasionally, now and then, the president makes an appearance in the press room. And when he does, there's a whole new feeling, a whole new level of respect and attentiveness from the press. And well, there might be, because this is not a spokesperson. This is the president himself. And it's a bit like that with Jesus. You might think, now hold on, how is that the same? Isn't God speaking through Jesus, just God choosing a new spokesperson to speak through? Well, no, because we see in this passage extraordinarily that God's Son is God. Have a look down at verse 3. The Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being. The Son is the radiance of God's glory. He's all of God's perfect goodness and worth shining forth. He is the exact representation of his being. The language used here is that of a, a stamp pressed into a wax seal. Uh, when you remove the stamp, its exact imprint is left in the wax. The sun is the exact imprint of God. They are the same. Uh, we see this in Jesus' ministry. Jesus doesn't say God is the way, the truth, and the life. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He says, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. If you want to know what God is like, look at Jesus. Who is the Son through whom God speaks? Well, he's God. I think we very often think of Jesus as being much smaller than he is shrinking him down uh, to a more manageable, perhaps more palatable size to get our heads around him. It's really easy as we uh, head towards Christmas, because if we're not careful, we can shrink him down to the size of a newborn. Uh, think of him as a baby and not let him out of the manger in our minds, as it were. But even in the rest of the year, I think we can limit Jesus to being nothing more than a rather impressive man. And it's true, Jesus is fully human, and that is wonderful. It's amazing that God the Son became a human being for us, but he is also fully God. We see halfway through verse 2 that he's been appointed by God the Father as heir of all things. Jesus has an inheritance coming, and his inheritance is everything. Advent uh, is just a fancy word for arrival. 
And in this season of Advent, we traditionally uh, look forward, not, look, look not only back to Jesus' first arrival, uh, the first time he came when he was born as a baby in Bethlehem, but also forward uh, to his second Advent, if you like, his second arrival, his second coming. It hasn't happened yet, but the Bible insists that Jesus is coming back. And when he does, he will inherit everything. He will rule over everything. Everything will be his. And fair enough too. Have a look back down at verse 2. Whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom also he made the universe. It's amazing. Everything in the universe, including the universe itself, has been made through the Son. And in the end, he will inherit it all. If that wasn't impressive enough, uh, what's happening between times, between when everything was made through the sun and when he inherits everything? Oh, he's, he's keeping it all going. We're told in verse 4 that he sustains all things. Some people have an idea of God as being like a, like a clockmaker who makes a clock and, uh, and winds it up and then just steps back to, to let it run. Uh, they think that God kind of made the universe and put the laws of physics in place and then stepped back uh, to let it run itself. But that is not the case. We see it here. The sun is sustaining all things. The tide goes in and out because the sun sustains all things. A flowers bloom because he sustains all things. Cells multiply because he sustains all things. The sun comes up in the morning because he sustains everything. This is the one who God speaks to us through. The one through whom everything was created, including us, who will inherit everything when he comes again, who sustains all things, who is God himself. We can't have too high or too big a view of him. We should listen to him because of who he is. He is a big deal. He's the biggest deal. We exist only because of him and for him. We should listen to him because of who he is. Okay, one might say, I get that Jesus is kind of powerful and important, but there are people who are powerful and important who it's not worth listening to. People who are powerful and important, sure, but they're not good or kind or just or loving. So the question remains, why listen to Jesus? And it's a fair question, but our passage tells us not to listen to him just because of who he is, but also because of what he's done. Listen to Jesus because of what he's done. Jesus came 2,000 years ago with a job to do, and he completed that job. We can see that he completed the job from verse 3, where it tells us that he sat down. Now, I'm aware that lots of us will have jobs where we're actually sitting down all day, but others of us will have jobs where we're on our feet all day. And even if that's not us, I'm sure we're familiar with the experience of having, had, uh, of having been actively on our feet all day for one reason or another. I think back to a day that I spent probably 15 or 20 years ago now in the Australian bush uh, digging holes for a huge shed uh, that was going to be put up. And I'm not going to lie to you, at the end of an entire day of digging holes, I was pretty much broken. All I wanted to do was sit down and be bought a cup of tea, uh, preferably with a straw so that I didn't have to lift my arms. We know that feeling, don't we? We know the feeling of sitting down at the end of a job well done. And that's the kind of sitting down that Jesus did in verse 3. 
It says, after he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. The job is finished. Jesus sat down at the end of it in heaven. And did you see what the job was? Providing purification for sins. Mary and I are moving house in just over a week, and we recently went to look at the house uh, that we're moving into. And they very kindly just had the carpets cleaned. And I've got to say that I was acutely aware of my shoes on that visit. You can imagine that I didn't want to be walking dirt onto that clean carpet. It's a bit like that with us and God, except infinitely uh, magnified. The Bible tells us that God is completely holy and perfect and good. So perfect, in fact, that nothing imperfect can come into his presence. And that's a real problem for us, because we're also told in the Bible, we're told in Romans, that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We're not clean, uh, spiritually speaking. With God, there is perfect love and life forever. But we have excluded ourselves from God's presence by our rebellion against him, by living our way instead of his way. And ultimately, that leads to separation from God and his perfect love and life forever. But wonderfully, Jesus' work is complete. He sat down having finished it. It's the work of providing purification for sin. To purify something is just to clean or cleanse it. Though we are spiritually unclean by nature, we can be made clean. We can have access to God, access to his perfect love and life, and be with him forever, because if we trust in Jesus, he has made us clean. He did it by taking our dirt on himself when he died on the cross to take the punishment that we deserve for not living God's way. Just before Jesus died, he said, it is finished. And now he has sat down at the right hand of God, having finished that work. There's nothing left for him to do. He made one perfect sacrifice. There's nothing for us to add. The work is finished. Jesus has sat down. He's, he's not doing nothing. Uh, he's still sustaining the universe, uh, for one thing. He speaks to God on our behalf. He sends his spirit uh, to empower his people to carry on his mission. But when it comes to the work of salvation, the job is done. We, he, he, he's put his feet up, as it were. We can trust in him to be saved. Why listen to Jesus? Because of who he is, but also because of the wonderful saving work that he has done for us. God speaks to us through the Son, through Jesus. And what does he say through him? He says, I love you. Come back to me. Have life and live it as I intended you to, the very best possible way. It's a message well worth listening to as Jesus speaks it to us. Listen to him. There are so many uh, voices today, aren't there, uh, to be heard. So many uh, vying opinions and truth claims. I'm always reminded of the, a line in a pop song that says, there's 999 channels on my TV and I still have no idea what to believe. So many truth claims. But 
listening to Jesus means listening to the creator and the sustainer of the universe who loves us and has done all that needs to be done for us to have perfect life with him forever. Listen to him. You might think, well, that was all well and good for people 2,000 years ago when he was walking around on the earth, but how can I do that today when he's sitting in heaven? Well, the primary place that we hear from Jesus is in God's Word, uh, in the Bible. It's all about him. It's been said that the Old Testament predicts him and the New Testament proclaims him. If you've never read it before, uh, let me encourage you to do so. He is well worth listening to. Uh, Maybe start with one of the Gospels, uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, four accounts of Jesus' life and ministry on earth. Maybe join our next Alpha course starting in January to, to hear more about him and what he has to say to you. If you are trusting in Jesus already, let me encourage you to keep on trusting in him. Keep tuning in. Set your ears to his frequency, if you like. Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. I am very content to finish my uh, last sermon during my time at St. Mark's as we look back to Jesus' first advent and forward to his second by encouraging you to remember that it is through him that God speaks to us and by reminding us to keep on listening to him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much that you are not far off and distant. Thank you that you are concerned with us, that you love us, that you want to speak to us. And thank you that you have done so through your Son, through Jesus. Help us to tune in to what he would say to us. Help us to identify um, those other voices that we are tempted to listen to and help us to tune them out. Help us to focus on Jesus because of who he is and because of the wonderful uh, saving work that he has completed for us. In his name we pray. Amen.